know, back there in the, those days, when there was a big battle, uh, what they would do is they would take their shields and they would just lock them and they would join them together. And it became an impenetrable force that when the fiery darts would come from the enemy on the other side, those fiery darts were not able to penetrate that mighty shield or shields of faith. Isn't that wonderful? And I, I'm told that the shields couldn't even go over the top because there was something that would block them. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. The shield of faith is so vital. It's so important. Faith-filled words, faith-filled prayers are our shield of faith. As we speak the Word of God over one another, what happens in the realm of the Spirit, there's like an impenetrable shield that surrounds us. It's a force field of God's protection. It's a force field of God's grace. A force field of God's anointing. Amen? Thank God for the privilege of praying the prayer of faith and speaking faith-filled words while we're praying. Hallelujah. I think we ought to praise God for at least 10 seconds or so. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise Him. Now that's about 60% of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's about 70%. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you for healing our sister. We praise you for the comforting power of the Holy Spirit in this place tonight. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you know, I believe with all my heart that there are some things that are turning. I believe that there's really some things that are really shifting. You know, as we apply our heart to God's Word and apply our heart to the spirit of faith and to the spirit of prayer, that just will grow and get stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen? And so there's times where we need to make sure that we're fanning the flame. And that we're maintaining that flow and maintaining the glow of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be an effective prayer for others unless you pray much in the Holy Ghost yourself. Amen? In other words, the more built up we are by praying in the Holy Spirit, the more accurate we will be in getting results when we pray for others. Amen? So uh, during this great and glorious season of the spirit of prayer, which we are just believing to continue on Sunday night, we're going to do another prayer rally. Man, if you weren't here last Sunday night, you missed half your life. Oh, man, I tell you, be here Sunday nights. There's going to be some teaching by precept and example. And several people had some things from the Lord. And we were encouraged in the Lord. But we saw some good things prayed out and prayed through, prayed up and prayed down. Amen. So there's, there's shifting taking place. There's some things that are being turned around. We haven't seen it with these natural eyes, but God is moving and He's working on some situations right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praying in the light, speaking in the light, will always dispel darkness. Speaking faith-filled words and praying spirit-filled prayers will always cause the darkness to leave and to flee before you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Light dispels darkness. 
light dispels darkness, and it takes things that have been wrong for years and turns them around and makes them right. That's what the Spirit of the Lord gave me on Sunday night. That light dispels darkness. And that darkness, amen, has brought some wrong things into our country and into our nation. But God, I said, but God. He is moving. He is light. He has people that are praying in the light. He has people that will walk by faith and not by sight. And we will see things that have been wrong for years become right. Because of the light. Hallelujah. So we need to rejoice in the light. We need to praise God in the light. Amen. Live by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Don't be moved by what you hear. Don't be moved by what you see. Be moved only by what the Word of God says. Be moved only by the Spirit of the living God. And as you pray faith-filled and Spirit-filled prayers, it will cause things to shift and things to change. Amen? Well, if that's true for a nation and that's true for a country, that's also true for a family. That's also true for relatives. If you have relatives that are dabbling or walking in darkness, speak light. Pray light. And that which is wrong will shift and turn around and that person or persons will become right. They'll become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? But we cannot be moved by what we see. Because we live in a world that's filled with forces of darkness. But we do not want to be afraid of that because we have discovered that they that be with us, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Oh, that is something to rejoice about. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so And so put those that are with you and those that be with us that are greater than those that be with them, put them to work on your behalf. Do not stand, stand idly by while the forces of heaven are ready, willing, and able to move at the bequest of the Word of God coming out of your lips and faith-filled prayers flowing out of your heart. Put them to work. Put them to work. Release them around the college campuses. Release them around your veterans. Release them in the name of Jesus right now. Glory to God. For are they not all ministering spirits that have been sent forth to minister for them that are heirs of salvation? We could say it this way, that they minister on the behalf of those that are heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. They desire to move on your behalf. Oh, glory to God. They desire to move on your behalf, protecting you and all of your loved ones. They desire to move on your behalf, even in the area of the economics of your life. For they excel in strength. 
And they hearken ready to move at the voice of his word. So be my voice, saith the Lord. Be my voice in the earth. Not a voice of whining and complaining, but a, re- but a voice of rejoicing and praising. Lift up your voice, yea, the voice of praise and the voice of faith, and let it be heard for whosoever would hear. For the angels hear, and they hearken unto the voice of my word. And demonic spirits hear, and they cower down and back down in fear. Because the greater one does live in you. It's not you that he's afraid of. He's afraid of the one that he had to tangle with over 2,000 years ago. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No backing down for me. How about you? We are not of those that turn back. We are not of those that cast away our confidence. We are those that endure. We are of those that persevere. We are of those who through faith and patience are inheritors of the promises of God. The promises of God being fulfilled in our minds. The promises of God being fulfilled in our bodies. The promises of God being fulfilled in our offspring. Yea, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Oh, let's give Him praise right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So be not discouraged, but be encouraged. You are living in the last of the last days. And in these last days, saith the Lord, I'm going to show up and show out and do some things that you've never seen before. Oh, hallelujah. So stay encouraged in me, saith the Lord. Stay in my word. Stay in church. Stay in the realm of rejoicing. And that will strengthen you. And you will be strong in me and in the power of my might. And you will see great exploits in your life and in the lives of those around you. Amen. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Great things He has done. So keep your eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on me, saith the Lord. Let not my word depart from before thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For my word is life to those that find them. And my word is health and medicine to all of their flesh. What are you looking at? Who are you looking to? What you look at 
and who you look to will determine the quality of your life. So let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Amen. Father, thank you for just a a powerful time in you tonight. Thank you for the word of God to go forth tonight in accuracy with the spirit of clarity. And Lord, we give you alone all of the glory. We give you alone all of the praise that is due your name. And everyone said... Amen, 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 amen. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 21. Say this with me. Healing is for me. Point to your neighbor and say, healing is for you. I am healed through and through in every area of my life. I am healed. I am not the sick trying to get my healing. I am the healed and the enemy's trying to rob me of it. But I have found that thief out and I resist him steadfastly with the spirit of faith. Amen. Glory to God. Let them not depart from for thine eyes. That's what we want to talk about for a, a few moments. One translation says, don't lose sight of them. Still another translation says, keep my message in plain view at all times. In plain view. In other words, it shouldn't be difficult for you to find the word. The word of God ought to be everywhere you are. You know, back in the 70s when we were just kind of getting introduced to the Word of God, and the Word of Faith, we'd put stickers all over the house. We'd put scriptures on the refrigerator. You know, a refrigerator is a place we visit often. <laughs> put a sticker on your coffee cup, whatever the case may be. What were we doing? We were keeping it. We were keeping it. We're not, we were not allowing the Word of God to depart from before our eyes. I wonder if our lives would be any different if we didn't allow the word to slip. I believe it would. So keep my message in plain view at all times. What this is saying is keep your eyes trained on what God said. Has God said anything to you all? I'm a southerner tonight. Got it? Y'all? Northerners say, you guys. Keep your eyes trained on the Word of God. In other words, every day of our life, we will have to make the choice whether we are going to be circumstantially infused or the Word of God infused. Don't look at circumstances that appear contrary to your healing or to whatever you're believing God for. Amen? So... In this series on healing is for you, I'm encouraging you to keep the word of healing before you at all times. You know, Brenda has been going through the process of recovery of double knee replacement, and she's diligent to keep the word of healing before her. We have a family room where we have a little recumbent bicycle down there. And I'll go down there and have a cup of coffee, and she'll be riding the bike, and she'll be looking at scriptures, and she'll be quoting the word. 
should be quoting the Word of God, declaring what God's Word said about her. It is medicine to all of our flesh. Now, if you can see it, see, God's Word will paint a picture and the right kind of picture of you and your wholeness. If you can see it, you can have it. So work with the Word long enough. Let it dwell in you richly to where on the inside of you, you can see it. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18 is a great verse of Scripture. It talks about, it talks about vision. And of course, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I kind of like to reverse that, the reverse standard version. Where there is a vision, the people will prosper. Now, in the amplified version of that, if we could pull that up of Proverbs 29, 18, we're talking about vision, the ability to see what God has said. Amen? The amplified version says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, what happens to the people? So no vision equates perishing. But what kind of vision? A vision of your redemptive realities that belong to you in Christ Jesus. And redemptive realities not include being delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. It not only includes being redeemed from poverty, but it also includes being redeemed from sickness and disease. Say it with me, I've been redeemed because Christ purchased my freedom, redeeming me from the curse of the law. All sickness and all disease is a curse. Lift up your hands and say, but praise God, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. So where there is no vision, the people perish. Now look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. Matthew 6, 22, Jesus said something very important for us to see and to grasp tonight. He said in Matthew, the 6th chapter and the 22nd verse, He says, the light of the body is the eye. The light of your body is the eye. Therefore, if thine eye be, what? Single. If you have a single mind and you have a mindset that is set on God's word, thy whole body shall be full of light. Amen. Single-minded. Spiritually minded. Not carnally minded. Not fleshly minded. Not body ruled minded. Not being emotionally ruled. But word of God minded. I would remind you that the psalmist said, The entrance of my word, it gives light. And the light of the body is the eye. And if your eye be single, your whole body is going to be full of light. It will impact your body if you keep your heart and mind set on him. Say this with me. The eye eye 
is the gateway to the body. So let's just flip that over. If your eye is on the darkness, or we could say it this way, the sickness that's in your body, there will be no light then to expel the darkness. Did you get that? Did you get that? So make sure then your eye is single on the Word of God and your whole body is going to be full of light. Hallelujah. And I would remind you that the Bible says that God is light. And the entrance of His Word giveth light. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's look what Deuteronomy says in chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. Again, talking about your eye, talking about your vision. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 8 and 9, it says, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon your head, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. He's talking to them about what they needed to do to keep the law in front of them in that day. And he says, And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. That's like us. Putting scriptures on our fridge. Putting scriptures on the mirror. You know, a good scripture to put on a mirror is this. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, you may not look too good in the morning. Glory to God. Don't be moved by what you see. Amen. So to look at God's word brings Life. Keep the word of healing out in front of you. Jesus said, blessed are your eyes. The psalmist said, my eyes are ever toward the Lord. The NIV says, my eyes are ever on the Lord. My eyes are continually upon Him. And here's a verse of scripture you all know really well. So I want us to look at it. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and notice with me in verse 2. Hebrews the 12th chapter and the second verse. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Here it says, looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus. Who is what? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And as we look to Him, not only will He take care of the beginning and the ending, He'll take care of everything in between. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. As a matter of fact, we sing it in this church. He is our way maker. Amen? Somebody says, I don't see a way. Change and shift your attention to Him because He is the way. I don't see a way out. Lift up your eyes and look a little bit closer unto Jesus. He is the way out. So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, one translation says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. How many of you are familiar with the serpent on a pole from Numbers chapter 21. I want us to look back there. Look at Numbers, the 21st chapter. There was a major, major problem going on in the camp of the children of Israel. 
In Numbers 21 and verses 4 through 6, we'll look back there and I'll wait till we can get it. Everyone say glory three times. All right. Numbers 21 and notice with me in verse 4 through 6. It says, And they journeyed from the Mount of Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And verse 5. And the people spoke against God. I wonder, is it a smart thing to speak against God? Is it a smart thing to speak against God's people? Is it a good thing to speak against God's ministers? Anybody that is of God, not just pastors, not just apostles, but anyone that is of God does not deserve to be spoken against. They spoke against God. Here was God, brought them over the Red Sea, told them that I've got a land of promise for you, and they started looking back instead of keeping their eyes on Him, and they talked about how good they had it over in Egypt. You know, the garlic and the wild onions. Oh, man, it was, yeah, right, getting beat up every day by Roman soldiers. See, how easy it is to forget the goodness of God. How easy it is to forget what God did for you last week. So they spake against God. And not only that, but they spoke against Moses. And they said, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Who said anything about dying? They had dying on the brain. And death gets on the brain when you get God off your mind. Because Satan is the author of death. He used to have the power of death. But you and I have been delivered from the fear of death. So, they spoke against God. And they spoke against Moses. And they said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is any water, and our soul loatheth this bread. Notice verse 6. And the Lord sent, or we could say it this way, and the Lord allowed fiery serpents among the people. And what did they do to the people? They bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Do you see how they opened the door? Do you see how they gave place to fiery serpents. And I would remind you that serpents are a type of demons, devils, and evil spirits. They opened the door by speaking against God and Moses and complaining about this bread. And they opened the door themselves. 
A lot of people want to blame God for the situation they're in, when in reality, they need to do a checkup from the neck up. Or they need to do a checkup from the heart up. And so in verse 6, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Notice with me that they had no problems with snakes until they got into sin. Sin is an open door to the path of the destroyer. Sin is not a popular message in this dispensation of grace among the heavy-duty grace churches. They would just much rather have you believe that, oh, God is just so awesome and so good and everything is all up to Him and there's nothing up to you. They have what Brother Moore calls a no-fault religion. You know what a no-fault religion is? A no-fault religion is this. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. We can see very clearly that what they experienced was their fault. Amen. Now, if a person, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, is experiencing something similar in that regard in their life, maybe not to the magnitude of that, they need to make sure that they check every door and make sure that every door is shut. Because in the book of Ephesians, it says, neither give place, where? To the devil. So we see then that they hadn't had any problems with snakes until they got into sin. Now let's drop down to verse 8 and 9. Numbers 21, verse 8 and 9. Here's what the Lord spoke to Moses. Thank God he had a word for him. And you know, no matter where we are in life, no matter what we may be going through in life, God's always got a word. He's always got a way to bring us up and to bring us up. Anybody in this house tonight ever been brought up? Anybody in this house ever needed to be brought up? And brought out. We serve a bringing up and bringing out God. We serve a God that raised Jesus from the dead. It doesn't get any uglier than that. That being in the pit of hell for three days and three nights. But God rose Jesus from the dead. And since he rose Jesus from the dead. No matter what your situation may be. If you'll look up to him. He will raise you up. And that is the truth. Notice verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to set it upon a pole. The fiery serpent is a type of Christ. The pole is the cross. For Jesus was made sin for us. Come on, somebody. He didn't just go to the cross and bleed. He went to the cross and became what you and I were. 
sin to the rankest degree. He didn't commit sin, but he was made sin. And he hung on Calvary's cross. And this is a type of redemption. And the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass. Everyone say, And it. And it shall come to pass. What is it? What is it, God, that will come to pass? The rest of the verse says it. That everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, everyone that has experienced the bite of the curse of the law, when we look unto Jesus, and what He became for us. That great exchange will take place and it will bring life. Say with me, He was made sin for me who knew no sin that I might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He was made in the likeness of men so that I could be made in the likeness of God. He became what I was so that I could be like He is. For as He is, come on, declare it strong, as He is, so am I right now in this world. Is it good to know who you is? Out in the world, there's such an identity crisis. I'm looking, I'm trying to discover myself. Look in the B-I-B-L-E. If you get born again, you'll know who you is. Because if you know Him, He'll show you who you is. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. And it don't matter how many likes you get. It doesn't matter if you get unfriended. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And He likes you. Not only does He like you, but He loves you. Now, not everyone outside of these wills is going to, walls is going to like you, but we don't have to get all upset about that. If they hated Jesus, they'll hate you. The most important person that we want to please in this world is Him. Everyone say Jesus three times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When everyone that is bitten, when He looketh upon it, shall live. If you don't look, you won't live. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass. Everyone say, It came to pass. It came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, what happened? He lived. lived. Now this word, look, here. Mm -hmm. This word, look, he that looketh, Mm -hmm. he that looketh. This word, look, here, is a steadfast, continuing, 
and an absorbing gaze. I'll say it again. A steadfast, in other words, it's a way of life, a continuing, amen, and an absorbing gaze. If you will gaze upon the Master, you'll never, ever come up short. So what do we do with symptoms? Well, we do what Abraham didn't do. We consider not. We consider not. We look to Jesus, the brazen serpent was a type of, as we look to the Word. If you want to experience life and have it more abundantly in every area of your life, which has been totally bought and paid for, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Now, I, I've uh, noticed in the Amplified Version, how many of you have an Amplified Version Bible? You might notice this footnote down on the bottom of Luke chapter 21. I copied it during praise and worship, so I want to just read it to you. Look at Luke. Well, let me just read it to you. In Luke 29, Jesus said that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him, trusts Him, and relies on Him may not perish, but that He may have eternal life and actually live forever. The footnote goes on to say, obviously, this implies that the look that caused the victim of a fiery serpent to be healed was something far more than a casual gaze or far more than a casual glance. The writer goes on to say, a look would save. But what kind of look? What kind of look? What kind of look? The Hebrew text here means to look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. Or as Jesus said in the last verse of the chapter, he who believes has faith and relies on him has eternal life. The look that saves, the look that heals, and the look that keeps you strong and keeps you well is not a fleeting glance. It's a God-honoring, God-answered, fixed, and absorbing gaze. Did you get anything out of tonight? Let's all stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come. We're going to sing a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just lift up our hands right now. And say this and pray this with me. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much. For what you have provided for me. Thank you for giving me. Absolute victory. And absolute deliverance. From all the powers of hell. For you have delivered me. You have rescued me. From the powers of darkness. And you have conveyed me. And transferred me. Into the kingdom. 
of your dear son. I am a child of the king. I am a king and I am a priest unto my God. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Glory to God.